for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Papa Long John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, learn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes to taste proud coffee or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop in your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hopalong, John Cassidy. And thank you, Mark Larson, and welcome to Rod Real Radio Southern California. I am your host, Hopalong, John Cassidy, and we appreciate you tuning in to us on this Fourth of July weekend. I hope you've had a great weekend. Whether or not you're still out on the lake or you're just coming on in from a great fishing trip, maybe you're spending some time with your family or just in the backyard doing a little barbecue. We appreciate you listening in tonight. We've got a great show lined up for you, and we know that it's going to be worth your time to stay tuned to us. Coming on up in the first hour of Rod and Reel Radio is John Berge. He's the Western Regional Sales Manager for Gamakatsu USA. We're going to want to find out about all the new products for 2015 and 2016, especially those that they're going to be introducing at this year's ICAST show. Then coming up in the second hour, Captain Bobby Taft. He's just back from a a three-and-a-half-day trip where he just had a fantastic uh, uh, fish count. So we're going to talk to Captain Bobby about that. And then later on, Wayne Kotow, he's going to be with us from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. They've got their event coming on up. Can you think of a better summertime to have a tuna tournament than this summer? Yep, Make-A-Wish is doing it. But before we get with our first guest, let me welcome him back to Ron Real Radio. He's been on hiatus for a couple of weeks. He's been down in Cabo San Lucas. He is the voice of 1-800-Bass Boat and a pretty darn good fisherman in his own right. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, welcome back. You know, it's good to be back. It's been six months of just fishing, I mean, which is, I'm not complaining. <laughs> you know, it's, I, what, eight, I had 18 tournaments. Uh, I started thinking about how much fishing I've been doing, which is great. I have no complaints, and I've done very well this year. I'm real happy the way everything turned out. And then uh, now, you know, I've turned from freshwater at June. My heart turns to salt, and now I'm looking forward to going out and seeing a little bit more of the saltwater. Cabo was unique. We'll talk about that down the road, about what I saw down there and, and how it may affect us up here. But all is well. All right. Hey, well, Stan, our first guest is a fella that I know he helps me out when it comes to my personal fishing. I know he helps you because his company makes, beyond a doubt, the best fishing hook that there is on the market. We want to talk to him about those hooks. Some of the new hooks are going to be introducing for the end of 2015 and the 2016. 
He's the Western Regional Sales Manager for Gamakatsu USA. Let's welcome to the show Mr. John Berge. John, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much for having me. It is great to have you. And, you know, we're talking about summer here in Southern California, but you have had one heck of a past week of summer up there in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Still hanging on today yet. It's 98. I'm sitting in my backyard, and it's 98 degrees outside right now. John, wow. John do you even have air conditioning up there? <laughs> <laughs> what? What is it called? <laughs> yeah, what? Air conditioning? What's that called? <laughs> uh, hey, well... John, on behalf of all the fishermen down here in Southern California, we want to thank you for not only the freshwater products that uh, you supply us down here with, but bar none, the Gamakatsu saltwater hooks, whether it's the live bait hooks, the circle nautilus uh, hooks, uh, the ring hooks, I mean, it is absolutely the go-to hook. i I got to tell you, though, when can we get more? <laughs> Yeah, they've been in short supply. I think uh, the ring hooks this year for everybody is, seems to be uh, in short supply. If they go in to grab uh, another brand and they see ours, they grab ours. If ours aren't available, they grab somebody else's. It just seems like it's uh, kind of a run, and we've even bumped up our inventories for this season, and evidently we haven't bumped them up enough. We have more <laughs> coming, but it's just... Uh, it's a scramble this year. We're uh, air freighting product in uh, at the expense of our, you know, our expense instead of ocean shipping, which is what we normally do. But we know the demand is so high that we're bringing in on air freight shipments as soon as they're available in Japan. We get them coming this way as quick as we possibly can. You know, uh, John, I've had uh, some really nice fish already on the Gamagatsu Nautilus Circle Hook. Uh, but I got to tell you, people look at that hook and they go, "Wait a minute! I don't set the hook. Uh, I just let you know the pressure of the fish on." T- tell us, how technically does that hook work? Because I've got to tell you, when you're fishing light tackle like I like to fish, and I know Stan, he does at times too. That circle hook is the hook to go to. But but really, how does it work? Well, it's. For for a circle hook to work, and you know, Nautilus hook or any of our circle hooks, basically what the fish has to do, it has to inhale that bait and then turn and go away, and then that hook rotates into the corner of the mouth of the fish. If they just come up behind and grab onto it, they you might not hook up. But generally, as you know, tuna are pretty much slash and run type fish. And it works very well that way because they are able to come up, grab a bait, and turn and go. And that's when that hook slides across the, their mouth. And when it hits the corner, it turns. That point goes into their jaw, and then it's just the fight's on. You know, i gotta, I got to say something here. Uh, fortunately, uh, John is a man I call friend because I've been sponsored by Gamagatsu for a long, long time. Uh, and literally... They are the reason that I'm in the money so often. I got to tell you, the 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 hook technologies that they've done and what they've done in their homework to make the hooks the way they are for freshwater and for saltwater has been a huge. 
success. For the bass fishermen, there are very few bass fishermen that are out there that don't know gamakatsu hooks and, and how good they are because they swap out the hooks that come on their baits if they don't have gamis on them. The other thing is when we started fishing the gamakatsu hooks in the salt water, especially when you got into the bigger fish where you needed the stealth quality of a, one, you got an extremely sharp point that when you push the hook through the bait, it doesn't injure the, the fish, the bait fish like some of the other hooks do. It's a lighter weight, stronger wire, so your bait swims better in the water with the hook. And it, it, instead of having the bigger, heavier duty hook, even your their 4X strong hooks, their heavy duty hooks are lighter weight than a lot of the other ones. And we've never had a, one break or tweak or fold on us. And from my side, my guys that I've been rearing in the big tuna world, we fish that Nautilus hook now and the regular heavy-duty J hooks without failure now for about eight years. I think we've been using those things or better when they first started coming in, maybe 10 now. But we've never had one fail. It's won uh-huh. the tuna jackpot tournament for us this last year with a 293 and a 5-watt um, Nautilus hook. It took big fish on the Indy on our trip with a 5-watt Nautilus hook, and it, which was 270, uh, and, and we've never had one malfunction, which is something to be said for a hook. I mean, do you guys have been the secret to my success for a long time, John? And first off, I just have to say thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that. I, uh, we hear quite a few stories like that. They see the diameter of the hook, and they just go, that you're telling me that'll land a 200 pound fish, and you go, yeah, uh, yes, it will. And uh, people use it, and they they find out uh, that it does, and they exactly what you're saying, Stan. That lighter wire, smaller wire, uh, you know, lends a lot to uh, helping that bait, and plus it penetrates much quicker too. John, it has been really uh, a, the hook of choice this year because we have been blessed that. Right in the beginning of the season, actually, the season never ended, but when the tuna started running again, fishermen didn't know whether or not they'd be getting into 20-pound class fish, 40-pound class fish, or whatever it is. And we're out there on last year's statistics, and we're fishing with 25-pound test, we're fishing with 30-pound test, and then all of a sudden, we get these big tankers come through, and we're talking about fish that are going, you know, 40 to 100 pounds, and... If we don't have that gamakatsu hook on and, and whatever size, the 2 aughts, 3 aughts, and stuff like that, we stand absolutely no chance of bringing those fish in because the line will get sawed off or whatever it is. But you have that uh, gamakatsu nautilus circle hook on, you're going to stand a lot better chance of bringing those fish in. Hey, let me, let me just uh, turn this around because we know we like gamakatsu uh, uh, circle hooks, but... You know, Gamakatsu has come up with some new technology that is the nano-coating with some special hooks. And you want to fill us in on just exactly what that's all about, John? Yes, I'd be happy to. Last year, we, uh, with the help of Aaron Martins, uh, we've had this wire. It's called TGW wire. It means tournament-grade wire. And basically what that wire is, if you took... I'll just use, a, for instance, like a size one drop shot hook, and if it was made with TGW wire, it'll be about a 20% smaller diameter but still retain the same strength as wow. the standard uh, 
size hook. And so with the nano coating, which is uh, the Japanese version of, of uh, basically like a Teflon type coat, but it's uh, very smooth. And then with the uh, uh, inclusion of a micro barb on there, those hooks are, they're, they're deadly sharp. We introduced two last year. We did a, an Aaron Martin's treble hook, and then we did the drop shot hook, and we're building those and selling them, marketing them under a G and S label is the, what all of those types of products will be listed under is G and S. Now, is that technology going to transfer into any saltwater hooks right now, or are you, you working more on the freshwater side, like with treble hooks and other freshwater-type products? Uh, for this year, for 2016, basically, we're going to be zeroing in more on the bass market. Uh, we've come out with, uh, for 2016, we've got about, oh, half a dozen new products that are going to be uh, coming to market. Uh, we're going to have, a, and most of all of these are pro-designed, you know, either by Shin Fukai or Aaron Martins or with uh, other pros that we have on staff help and uh we're gonna that's going to be our focus for this for this next season is is more of a freshwater uh market well you know uh i gotta tell you we have customers come in here to the shop and they look at these hooks especially the treble hooks and they go man these things don't look like anything they don't like like they have any any back barb on them they, you know are they and then all of a sudden you go ouch and they go yeah. oh i guess they are pretty sharp <laughs> Go on, John. Uh, I was just saying, there's been many bloody fingers with uh, all of those, uh, this new Jeep and S stuff. They are incredibly sharp. The treble hooks, I mean, they're, you, you dump them into your hand. If there's a six pack of hooks, uh, of treble hooks, and you dump them into your hand, you'll probably have four of them that'll just. Just stick into you. you. <laughs> They're just stuck on various parts of your finger while you're trying to get them just out of the box and trying to get them onto your bait. They're <laughs> very, and we're we're redesigning a lot of our treble hooks too. We're we call it I call it indexing, and basically how most treble hooks work. You know, when you put them on the barbs, uh, you know, or the point, I should say, don't really line up with the the body of the bait that you're using right. and now we're converting all of our trebles and all these new trebles these G and S trebles will be indexed so you'll have two barbs or two two uh, shanks of hook running parallel with the bait and then one hanging down and what that will do is it does help to balance your bait it won't throw it out of sync so bad you'll have a truer running bait and you still have plenty of hooking power there well, you know, John, uh, the West Coast here, obviously, we are sw swim bait crazy, and there is a big demand for that type of hooks when, when fishing uh, the swim baits. And also, if there's anything else I could ask you to do is in the, uh, the 2X trebles, if you could kindly uh, come up with a 2-aught size so that uh, uh, we don't leave those fishermen out that are using 8 and 12-inch swim baits because that, that's a size that we can use here. Right, right. Well, we're right now on these new treble hooks that we have. We've got, we've got, you know, six, five, four, three, two, one, and then an odd size, which is 
kind of between a one and a one aught, and the one aught is a pretty good sized hook. It uh, will probably work for quite a few applications. All right. John Berge, uh, you know, Western Regional Manager for Gamagatsu. John, uh, it's hard for any dealer to have all the hooks, but they, you know, Gamagatsu will make them available to all their dealers. Is there any one particular site that we can go to to view more of the Gamagatsu product? You can always go to our website, www.gamakatsu.com. Our new 2016 catalog will probably be online in about another 30 days, and uh, we'll be there available for viewing and be able to see all the new products that will be uh, introduced for 2016. We have quite a few. Well, John, uh, we want to wish uh, Gamakatsu the best of luck uh, at the upcoming ICAST show uh, I know you don't need our wishes because you guys are always successful there. And we want to, Stan and I and, and Wendy, we want to thank you for not only being a part of Rod and Reel Radio for a long time, but helping, as Stan has said, be a part of our personal fishing to make it a great experience for us and not only uh, us, our customers. Thank you, John, for being with us. Well, thank you for having me on. It's good to talk to you and Stan. It always is. And uh, if you need something from us, just give us a holler. All right. Will do, buddy. Thanks for everything. Thanks for the support, as always. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you, John. Uh, John Berge, Western Sales Manager for Gamakatsu USA. Hey, we got to take a break right now. Phil Friedman is up next. A lot more Ron Real Radio to come. Stay tuned. Stan Vandenberg and myself will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for near shore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter-day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. 
Call today, HDM 90-619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and to secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will scent my lure with pride and hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats and outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here and always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to BloomFisherKing.com for further information. It's a big deal. You know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. And Southern California on this 4th of July weekend. Stan Vandenberg and I, we do want to wish you back to Rod and Reel Radio. We hope you're having a great weekend. You're in the yard barbecuing, or maybe you're just coming back from the fish or uh, from the lake or the ocean. So welcome on back. Hey, it's now time for What the Heck is Phil Thinking? And it's brought to you by uh, PHO Radio. Here's the voice himself, Phil Friedman. Phil, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, John, Stan, and everybody out there, great to be with you. How are you, John? I couldn't be any better. I mean, uh, we're talking about the, the greatest sport in the world, uh, fishing. And unless right now you're looking at the uh, Women's uh, World Cup soccer, and that's pretty good, too. But it, the fishing is almost as good as uh, rooting our girls on to victory. No, I know. It's a perfect time for around the 4th of July to be rooting for the girls to win that game. And uh, you're right, it is the greatest sport. And I saw a lot of that here over the past few days. I was out on a great charter that I'll talk to you about here in a moment. And we had a bunch of people, you know, people that listen to our show in Spanish and English and come to our website to come over for the 4th of July. And we really had a great time with a lot of great people. So you're right, John, it brings a lot of people together, a lot of families together, kids together. And uh, it's just such a wonderful sport, no doubt about it. Not only that, Phil, uh uh, people are celebrating getting together with uh, the kids or dad or whatever it is, and they have just been packing the boats, whether it's a half-day, three-quarter day, overnights. I mean, uh, you know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago, it seemed like, maybe it was a month, that don't wait until you see the fish counts to try and get on any of these boats here in Southern California because you're quickly losing out on the opportunity to take advantage some of the greatest fishing that we've seen in, in recent memory. We took off. I'll give you an example of that, John. On July the 2nd, we had a charter on board the Gale Force out of L.A. Waterfront Sport Fishing, and we had a group of anglers who uh, came from our radio shows. I would say 75% of the folks on this particular trip spoke Spanish, 
and it was such a wonderful trip. We took off on the Gale Force. The crew, really great, makes you feel at home, made everybody feel at home. And away on the way across, we hit a kelp for about an 18-pound yellow for one of the guys. We got to the island, and, John, it was just as action-packed as you could ever have wanted it. Just about every bait you tossed was a big bonita or a giant calico bass or another yellowtail that ranged from 5 to 15 pounds on the yellowtail. And just action, 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 really a lot of fun. And we had several novice anglers on board, so it was just perfect. They, they caught a lot of fish. They had a lot of fun. The weather was perfect. The crew on the gale force couldn't get any better. And then we kicked it for home in about, oh, probably three miles from the island, we came upon a really big, beautiful hotel, a really nice giant kelp patty, and we just we just could not pass it up. We had to go on it. We were really low on bait, John. So um, we decided, and we started to slide up on this thing, and Captain Joel said, why don't we just toss some iron at this kelp, and if anybody's home, we'll break out the little bit of bait we have left and see what we can do. Well, I'm up in the bow, and I watched these irons coming back off the kelp, and there are followers and free swimming, 15 to 18-pound yellows all over the place. And all of a sudden, we start hanging fish. And then Joey Gallagher, I'm up next to him, hangs a fish right next to me. I look down in the water, and this thing is all lit up, fluorescent, just almost purple. And I looked at him, and I said, dude, you have a flathead. It could no be man. the first Dorado up here near Catalina Island. And wham, this big Dorado came flying out of the water. Joey eventually got that fish. I'm not sure what the count was on the yellows we had off that kelp, somewhere probably around 30, something like that. And the predominant size was, I'm going to say, 15 to 20 pounds. Really nice, great yellowtail. And we have some excellent video of all of that. But you talk about an adrenaline rush and a lot of fun. And the people on board worked so well together and did such a great job. John, that's why it's such a great sport. Everybody can get involved in it. You know, who knew we'd have Dorado at Catalina? <laughs> I'm telling you, Stan. And when I saw I looked down, and I, I've seen enough of them, so I saw that thing. But my, I kept saying, are my eyes playing tricked on me? And no kidding. No kid. Go ahead. I was going to say, that, that's just nuts, for one thing. But, I mean, they're, when you look down and you see one, they're pretty identifiable with the colors. But I, I'd be like you. If you see one off of Catalina, I'm going, Really? I know, you know, and we saw a bunch of yellows there, so I was thrilled. Joey Gallagher, uh, by the way, runs a place called Gallagher Stage, and they do a lot of the rock and roll concerts, ACDC, Kid Rock, and they also set up our booth at all the Fred Hall shows and everything. So it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. They make a lot of great things in our community happen. Uh, and, uh, they're, in fact, I'll be over at Gallagher Staging tomorrow. We have a hospital bed being delivered, a brand-new hospital bed, thanks to uh, a friend of ours, Robert, and uh, that bed will be delivered, and then we'll get it down to Baja to a guy who lost the use of his legs who lives in El Rosario. And if you've ever, I'll bet Stan knows um, the, uh, the lady that runs, what's the, my, the name's escaping me right now, but she's 108 years old. Mama Espinosa yeah. is her name. Yeah. It's, her, it's her grandchild, believe it or not. What a small world. They listen to our Spanish radio show, on AM 690, Libre asked us for some help, and we were able to make that come together thanks to some really wonderful people that we'll be thanking in the future. But anyway, that's Joey Gallagher. He'll be there helping me out with that tomorrow. And that's just that karma coming back, man, that big Dorado. And I think he had, if I'm right, six big yellowtail in addition to that nice, flathead. Nice. Wow. Hey, uh, uh, well, hey uh, well, 
Uh, go on, Stan. No, that's fine. I just said that's nice. <laughs> oh. Hey, uh, Phil, uh, just as a side note, as we're doing the uh, 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 the hospital report, uh, what do you hear from our good friend uh, Charlie McKay? You know, I have not. I'm glad you mentioned that because Will Eversman mentioned that to me yesterday, and I have not talked to Charlie for a while since the last time I went up to the hospital. So I will check on him and have a report next week for sure or put something on Facebook a little bit later. But... Charlie was, of course, uh, battling cancer, and he had a, a real severe fall. So good time to keep him in our thoughts and prayers, no doubt about that. And I'll have a report on that next week for sure, John. Well, I know Charlie listens to not only your shows, but he listens to our shows. And, Charlie, uh, if uh, you are indeed uh, listening tonight, we want to give you a big shout-out and and hope that you're fighting the good fight and get back in the saddle and get out there and go fishing, sir. We love you. Yeah, he is a great guy. He loves your show, John. And uh, just uh, he's been around for a long, long time. I've known him back since my Redondo years. And super good guy. And we're just praying that he gets better really, really soon. Well, it sounded like you had a great uh, trip, uh, uh, Phil. But how about some of the other people that are fortunate enough to get on a boat, uh, either out of Southern California or up north in the Santa Barbara area? Is the fishing still holding up well there? Well, it's changing. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the last couple of days, Catalina's continued very, very good. The yellows at Catalina, John, are not huge. Mostly, as I say, 5 to 10 pounds. There's some big ones mixed in with it. And certainly that kelp patty was holding big fish for the Ooh, most part. Yeah. There's really a nice mix of fish. I mean, there were times when the guys on the Gale Force would throw a scoop of chovy overboard. And i, I got to tell you, there was 100 calico bass that would come out of the weeds and start to boil around. You, it's like you're looking down into an aquarium. There was big bonita there. The bass fight was excellent. Tons of perch. It was really action-packed. San Clemente Island has been a little bit up and down. It was slower there today, for sure. Not really biting all that well. But there's been some yellows there. We'll see if that's going to bounce back here and get going. Offshore has been a little bit hit and miss. As you know, the Tornado had a very rough day fishing out of Pierpoint Landing in Long Beach. Guys still seeing a lot of bluefin tuna, and they're seeing more and more yellowfin tuna. It's starting to bite better and better, but it's still not to the point where it's any kind of a wide-open bite quite yet. A lot of small anchovy moved into that bluefin area where they're fishing it in U.S. waters, and it seems like that bluefin is keyed in on the smaller bait right now, so you throw a big sardine in front of it, and it kind of looks at it like, what is that thing? And so the boys I know today were having a little bit of trouble with that, I can tell you that a spotter plane, uh, and this comes from a good guy, a very, very trusted source, uh, claims to have seen a blue marlin in the Catalina Channel. We mentioned the Dorado. There was an oarfish that was foul hooked, snagged, but taken on board the Fortune here recently. Yeah. There was a 180-plus pound bluefin tuna taken by a spear fisherman. And fishing up in the Channel Islands out of Cisco Sport Fishing, Still good. They're getting some white sea bass up there, some yellowtail, a little bit of barracuda along the coast, and, of course, rock fishing always, always really good. And if that's not enough, there was a bunch of grunion out here on the beach last night, too, and I think this is the fourth night of the grunion run here this evening, so people can take advantage of that with their kids. Just another day in Southern California sport fishing, as crazy as it can get, John. You know, and, you know, we, don't, and we don't we don't want to be discounting the um, uh, uh, half-day boats that are going on out. It, it just seems from what I've seen in the counts that they've not really been cracking down on the yellowtail, but the amount of sand bass and lingcods and rockfish 
just on the half-day boats that these people have been going out and getting has just been uh, just incredible. I mean, the, the sea has just opened up and presenting its bounty to us, and uh, what, what great weather we're having to take advantage of it. No doubt about that. And I'm not sure that yellowtail's over with yet. It's for sure down right now. These local boys, the half-day Southern Cal out of, uh, of Pierpoint and other boats like that, are not really nailing the yellows right now like they were. I'm, that was phenomenal fishing. There's still a few of those 15 to 20, 25-pound local yellows around. Private boaters are still getting a pretty good piece of it. But as you say, the rockfish have been backing that up and now starting to see a little bit more sand bass, a few barracuda here and there, and calico bass fishing along the coast. For the guys that give that a try, has been really excellent. It's been an excellent bass here, and I was just amazed at the calicos we were catching on board the Gale Force at Catalina, and I know that's going on also on the local scene. It's been quite good in there, and a few white sea bass also. You're right. It has been excellent fishing. If it's not one thing, for example, if the yellows let up, then there's something else to take its place. It's that good this year. You know, uh, Phil, uh, Phil, we know that we know there that have been, there have uh, been uh, a lot of jig fish, and the, and the iron fishing has been good not only for yellowtail, but we're noticing now a lot of the bluefin tuna, the yellowfin, they're eating the iron, too. When you were out there on the Gale Force, was there any particular color that uh, seemed to be getting bit better than anything else, or did uh, you just get a free-for-all bite? You know, it was a blue and white, but I think that was because that's what most of the guys were throwing. They were throwing the blue and white, the Dorado pattern is what I saw. Um, but on that kelp, uh, you know, I'm telling you, you could have uh, you could have thrown your favorite kid's toy on that kelp. And I think it would have gotten up. <laughs> Those yellows were coming off that kelp, and they were hungry, and we were hanging fish left and right. And that crew had their hands full and did such a great job. Jeff, Joel, and Mark in the galley, if he's not cooking up some of the biggest, best burritos anywhere, he's out on deck working hard. And, man, they, they were eating anything you threw at them. You just had to get a bait or an iron in front of their nose, and it was a pretty much instant bite. That, that hotel, that kelp, was really, really holding. It was great to see that. And, man, we on the way home, I was just looking for another one. Even though we were out of bed, I was just praying that we'd roll up on another one. Didn't find another one, but everybody was pretty uh, pretty well spent after that last couple. There were a lot of tired folks on the Gale Force. You know, look just, oh, look just back to you. found the kelp that was, what, three miles away, and nobody else was on it. It was pretty spectacular. Oh. <laughs> Especially a big one. You know, yeah, I know. We were we were definitely lucky there because you're right. You know, I mean, it was right there, and it was kind of on that track where everybody's running back to San Pedro or Long Beach. And uh, man, obviously nobody had found that one. It was pretty close to the island. We lucked out, or I I, I really shouldn't say that because you got to pay attention. And and uh, I'll tell you, Joel does that. The guy that runs the boat, he's paying attention. So he found that kelp, and we rolled up on it. But we were certainly lucky in terms of being the first ones to find it, or those fish just were hanging in there. Man, they were really hungry, and they were such nice fish. So many times when you find kelp patty fish in most years, they seem like they're those, you know, sometimes really rats, or and then, then at best 8 to 12 pounds. But these were the big guys. They were really beautiful fish, as you'll see in the video later on. All right, Phil, if uh, people want to keep in contact with you, find out your latest reports, because you're always keeping people up to date on what's happening on the local scene. How's the best way to do it? John, best way to do it is to go to Facebook. You can go to PFO, or you can go to Aventuras, Alade Libre, for our Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters. Or you can go to www 
vfomedia.com or www.aventuras.adelibre.com. God bless America and God bless the men and women who protect our country, past and present. They make such a huge sacrifice so we can enjoy sport fishing and so much more. And I want to recognize that for sure. Amen to that, Phil. Amen. Yeah, you got that right. Hey, Phil Friedman, we look forward to speaking to you next week with a great report. And I know we'll be in contact with you during the coming week. Thanks a lot for taking part in Ron Real Radio, especially giving up some of your holiday weekend for us, sir. John, Stan, always great to be with you and always great to be with the folks out there. Have a great finish to your weekend. Well done, Uh, amigo. Thank you. All right. Hey, Phil Friedman, the voice Phil Friedman Radio. Hey, we got to take a break right now. Stan and I will be back. Captain James Nelson is uh, due on deck next. You're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM 540 or at ronrealradio.com. Stay tuned. More to come. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy Line, Spro Products, Gamakatsu Hooks, G. Loomis Fishing Rods, Shimano Products, Ovid Reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, welcome back on this 4th of July holiday weekend. Stan Vandenberg is with us tonight. Hey, Wendy is on an extended trip. She's uh, fishing with the fine folks from Iserline and Turner's Outdoors. She'll be back next Sunday night to, I'm sure, tell us about the great trip that uh, she, she ran. Still do later up in the show, Captain Bobby Taft is going to be with us. Wayne Kotal from Make-A-Wish is going to be with us. So a lot more Ron Real Radio to come. But now it's time for the California Inshore Report, brought to you by the Rock Lease Fish Release System. And who better to give us what's happening here in our local inshore waters than the fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, a good holiday to you, sir. A great holiday to you, Johnny boy. Hey, <laughs> thank you. That's that redhead speaking. Yeah, hey, can you... Uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> can, 
can you put your wife on so she can give us a good report here? <laughs> yeah, no, it won't happen. <laughs> You're going to have to deal with me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> hey, well, you know, we're talking about all kinds of uh, great fishing out there. And, and you know, and, and people are thinking, in order to take advantage of the fantastic fishing conditions we have, you got to get aboard three-quarter day boat, overnight boat, extended range. You got to go on out so many miles. You got to get this ready. You got to have, you know, these jigs sign up. You got to have your 40-pound test and everything else like that. And yes, that fishing is good, but there's a whole nother world in there, and that's our inshore here. And I don't know, would would it be an overstatement, James, to say that the inshore fishing that we're seeing right now probably is as good as it ever gets? You, you know, I, I'd argue with you, but that would just make things last longer, mostly <laughs> because uh, I, I'm agreeing with you. I mean, it's great. It's great right now. It's What can you say? I mean, you do not have to burn a lot of fuel to catch fish. Uh, stay local. There's plenty of fish to be had. Got a lot of barracuda. We got uh, yellowtail roaming around the kelp on the outside. And inside the bay, you've got just about everything biting. I mean, everything from sand bass to uh, the spotted and the barred kind. You've got halibut biting. This weekend for halibut was just amazing. Uh, it's, so it's all out there. Well, do you still have the red crab situation down there? Uh, you know what, Stan? The red crabs are pretty much all ed up. <laughs> we still are seeing a few, but they're not so much in the bays as they were, say, a week or so ago. You know, Jim, uh, this uh, this great fishing that we're having out here, we know in San Diego Bay the red crabs didn't come into San Diego like they did Mission Bay and Newport Bay. Uh, but have you seen, is there a lot more bait in the bay? I know we've had some great... Uh, uh, runs of uh, grunion. Uh, I know that brings the fish in. Is it this accumulation of all these different types of, of bait fish that you're seeing the fantastic fishing we're seeing? You know, I'd have to say that has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, the grunion uh, and the red crab, both, I mean, regardless of where you're fishing, you just you have an abundance of activity and it just turns all the fish on. I mean, we see it on our lakes. We, you know, we see uh, lakes that have trout in them already, and they bite even better once there's new trout planted. Or the catfish, that the catfish have been there for a year, but the moment the lake starts planting more catfish, suddenly the ones that have been there for a while are starting to bite even better. So it's just a matter of an influx of activity, and it just supercharges everything, and you, it's fun to have you know a lot of people find it strange you know they've they've never never even seen a grunion on a beach and they've probably gone out to a, a beach at one times at uh, 10 30 11 o'clock at night hoping to see grunion never happened and here we're not only are we talking about grunion on our beach but we're actually talking about grunion running in san diego bay and Really? Do you find areas where they're running, Jim, do you find that in that those concentrated areas that uh, uh, fishing turns out to be pretty good? It does, John. And, you know, one of the reasons why you see me coming in buying all those sexy smelt uh, tails all the time, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's something that, that's happening. I mean, they're all over. At night, of course, is the best time for guys who actually want to see the activity, but... When it's not happening in its daytime, those those fish are still in the water, 
possibly traveling back to, you know, what they think is safety and not making it there. And you get around those fish, again, they're all charged up, whether it's the bay bass, sand bass, halibut, corvina. I mean, they're all going to get charged up when there's grunion around. Even the mackerel and the, and the mullet go crazy when there's more fish around there just moving around. You know, I, uh, I know a lot of the freshwater fishermen, we're in the summer here, and we look forward to the night tournaments. In fact, uh, Jim Slythe, the uh, next uh, El Cajon Ford night tournament, uh, will be at El Capitan. It will be on the 11th. He's going to have a big field out there because, you know, the freshwater bass fishermen, they know they can go out there, and the bass fishing just seems to be better at night. Do you uh, do you find that same uh, uh, sort of like idiom that, it applies to bay bass fishing too. Is is the bay bass fishing better at night, or is there something else going on that really dictates uh, when the fishing is good and when it isn't? You know, that's a good question. Uh, it's something that I haven't done in so long that uh, just in recollection, yeah, it was pretty good when we used to do it at night. But since being a captain and having a bedtime so early, that I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> that gets in the way. Yeah. I've always, exactly. I've always been at the opinion that uh, actually the more important thing than fishing at night, because we have, you know, we have fished at night, and yeah, sometimes you can find that there's a better corbina bite, you know, first thing in the morning or late in the evening. But actually, it's it's the tides that dictate more the better fishing than it is daytime or nighttime. It it just seems like the fish never really cared about daytime or nighttime more than the moving tides when it came to to really turn on and bite? I don't know. I used to fish the breakwater with Suikawa and the gang, Rocky, all the guys that uh, Bob Prescott, he got me involved with fishing the breakwater down in Long Beach. And, and uh, we used to go down and, you know, grab a burger at 5 or something like that, get done at 7, launch the boats and fish till midnight. But that bite at night, it can be spectacular where you can't catch them during the day. So there is an element to that if you're willing to go out and fish because a lot of times you're the only bait in the water. Um, it, it can be unbelievably good and, and get some bigger fish that way too. It's kind of like fishing the lakes at night. Nobody's out there. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do, I think the just the whole stealthy nature of it all, the uh, dropped guard that the fish seem to have, the fact that they're they're now... Uh, responding more to any movement. And really, quite frankly, there's no better way for a fish to tell if something is edible or not than to put it in his mouth. I mean, you don't have hands to pick it <laughs> hey, up. Hey, how about that? Hey, you know, <laughs> we've heard this over years, once or twice, right? Yeah, you know, as uh, as Mike Garter, uh, you know, most famously said, fish don't have hands. You know? Yeah, that's right. That's right. But they do have eyeballs, and they could see better when there's light. So once you take that element away, it's one last thing for them to do. I mean, they can't look at your bait, see where it says made in China, and decide not to eat it. You know, now they've got to actually pick it up first and then go, oh, that's made in China. <laughs> Spit it out. <laughs> well, hopefully in that time you've hooked them with the Japanese hook. But anyway. You know, I, you know, Stan was fishing. I was talking about fishing that uh, break wall in Long Beach in L.A. Harbor, and, and indeed it can be epic at night. Uh, tide's a little bit different when it comes to that breakwater. Y- you fish here in San Diego along our Zanuga jetty, and and the tide is going back and forth. And when it's at you know two and a half knots, three knots, or whatever it is, it's tough to fish that jetty while the 
the jetty at L.A. Harbor, when the tide is changing, you're going more up and down, and sometimes it's a little easier to fish. But I know at night we have found the San Diego Zanuga jetty to be just a lot more productive than it is during the day, especially for those big calicos. So, yeah. You know, I don't know, but I, I'm still an enthusiast, man. Uh, the best time to fish is when that tide is moving. Of course, the best time to fish is any time you can get out and fish. But if you can be choosy and, and you, you pick it right, when you've got those tidal changes, either incoming, outgoing tide, you know, and, again, there's a whole debate on which one's better to fish. Uh, it, it seems like uh, I've always thought tides, uh, the moving tide was really the time to do it. I agree. I think that, you know, moving, water moving makes fish bite. Now, I don't care whether the tide's going out or coming in, but moving water, when you've got current um, on the ocean, that makes a huge difference. If there's no current and it's dead water, a lot of times fishing's just dead. It's, it's slack tide, you know, it can be really good, too. I mean, in between, if you're fishing like James's area here in the bay, Slack tide can be fun too. You know, in between the two tides, you can get fish moving in there. They feed, they suspend, and you just got to kind of follow the fish that you're fishing for. You know, yeah. Dan, don't we see that too in, in freshwater? I mean, we don't have a chance to fish a lot of moving water here in Southern California, but at times when it does rain and there is a little runoff that does come on down, if we can get to those parts of the lake where there seems to be the runoff of a little arroyo or a stream that is that is coming into the lake or not that that's a place that you don't want to pass up to to try and catch a fish. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's anything that's water movement. I think water basically most bass fishermen or freshwater fishermen don't take that into account. But normally, water is moving if you're on a lake and there's a dam on one end. At some point in time, it's moving almost every day. There are times when they shut it off and times when they don't. But you've got to always think that, that it's moving from, if there's water coming in, it's moving to the other end. If it's not, and you know, even like the lakes that don't have water coming in right now, they're still letting water out, it's still moving water. Those things can, you can kind of take into consideration. Sometimes you can even call the dams and find out when they're letting water out, by the way. That's a little secret that not a lot of people know. But that can change the fishing no matter where you are. Wind can change a current and make current on a lake. There's all kinds of little things that go on in freshwater. But saltwater, there's always tidal movement, um, no, 99% of the time. And then we got current changes and weather changes. I mean, look what's happened offshore. Fishing's changed there just because water, the, the water has changed a little bit. The, the red crabs kind of been pushed off because the water's changed. It's just water movement changes fishing. All right. Hey, Captain James, uh, what seems to be the hot bite right now if, if you had your choice to go out for anything? You know, John, I, I play around the kelp right now. It's just so fun. I mean, between the barracuda, I, I took some guys out the other day. They, we just had a blast on the barracuda. And it's something about just catching fish, you know. I'm going to hit it tomorrow and see what happens. Uh, I know this weekend was, was kind of crazy, kind of hectic, a lot of people out there, so who knows. But the bay is really good, too. And, again, it's the same reason. If you go out, you throw your lures in the water, your baits, and you catch fish. And to me, that's what it's all about. If you want to go chase a, 
50 to 100 pound fish and chase one all all weekend long until you finally catch one have at it but it's to me it's all about seeing that rod bent and if the fish aren't big lighten up on the rod go with the smaller rod and have fun with them that's how i look at it yeah jim well, i haven't had a chance to go up, i haven't had a chance to go up to the bait barge and get any bait uh, you as a uh, almost uh, you know like a private boater going up to the bait barge how's the bait been looking uh, the bait's been a little bit big or small. There's like no in between. You're either getting five inch or smaller anchovies or eight inch or better sardines. Uh, for a while they had a little bit of mix, but it's changing day to day. Those guys are, it's amazing when you see the boats out there. One, one day they're out, you know, 15, 20 miles on bait. The next day they're right off the beach getting bait. So it's just a, it's just amazing what those guys do and how they can find the bait for us and, and get them back. And I'm talking, of course, about the Everingham brothers down here in San Diego pretty much uh, run the bait system for a reason. Nobody else could keep up with them. So and if you're uh, if you're fishing the kelp beds, uh, alternative baits to use, if you can't use uh, good live baits, uh, what are you suggesting? You know, if you can get the anchovies, go with them. If, you, if you're getting on to some sardines, uh, go with them too, but just maybe not as much and have smaller uh, lure selection, maybe some five-inch or smaller swim baits ready uh, with some weedless heads like the Phoenix heads. And then uh, and then I'd even go, and again, stay with the sexy smelt. You know, uh, Western Plastics makes a really good sexy smelt there. Um, whites are also good, always good. And then spoons. I really like those uh, little mega bait spoons. Anywhere from one to two ounce is fine. Also, uh, the little spro hair jigs, little bucktails that they make. Those are good in just about every color, but I really like to go with the anchovy color. Those, those fish get so crazed out when they see anchovy or even the smelt type color. Explain anchovy color. That would be black and silver, Stan. That would be. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, uh, predominant uh, perennial favorite for sure. I, those are usually the first colors to uh, move off the peg. Hey, Captain Jim, we want to get a hold of you, find out what the schedule is, book a trip with you either half day because a half day of fishing is still a lot of fishing or for a full day how's the best way to get a hold of you you know the best way to get a hold of me is still by phone 619-395-0799 if you'd like to check out the site please do so it's thefishicon.com or again give me a call 619-395-0799 all right captain james Nelson, the fish icon we want to thank you for uh, giving up some of your Sunday night, especially on a holiday, Jim, to be with us. The best to your family. We look forward to not only speaking to you during the week, but also hearing from you next Sunday night on Rod Real Radio. Always a pleasure, guys. Can't wait to see what happens through this week so we can talk about it again next week. All right. All right, buddy. Go get them. Take care. Hey, that's it for the first hour of Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with me, the voice of 1-800-PASSBOAT. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. Got another full hour to coming up with uh, Captain Bobby Taft of the Top Gun 80 and later on, Mr. Wayne Kotal from the Make-A-Wish uh, organization. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on. 
like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day three-quarter day, full and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will never use that fakey fluorescent pink bait or drag my hula popper through the mud. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed stumps, rocks, and submerged station wagons. And outsmart the ravenous river otter. I will save water by taking shorter showers for higher lakes. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. Hey, everybody. This is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And Southern California, welcome back to the second hour of Rod Real Radio. Wendy Toshahar is on a long-range trip and will be back with us next weekend. But Stan Vandenberg's with us. He's back from Cabo San Lucas. And, man, it is time to talk about this tremendous bite that we have off of our Southern California coast. I was going over some of the numbers, Stan, of some of the boats that were coming on back. And you're seeing, you know, these great readings of bluefin tuna and yellowtail and everything. And then all of a sudden, I come across this one boat, 20 passengers, 150 yellow ten tail, 300 yellowfin tuna, 21 Dorado, and I'm going, we got to get the skipper of that boat on with us, and he is gladly on with us. Welcome to Ron Real Radio. 
captain and owner of the Top Gun 80, Bobby Taft. Bobby, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Captain, my captain. How you doing, Bobby? Hey, pretty good, Stan. How are you? Excellent day, my friend. I'll tell you what. I, I was down in Cabo this last week, and I watched a, a phenomenon. I mean, it can happen in the ocean. It can change at any point in time. But I had water that was green and nasty. The week before we got down there, was it was the fish were in the surf, and you know we had roosters and and jacks and all kinds of things. The Sierra weren't there because it's too warm. But but the water turned green, the bait left, and there was nothing on the beach for a whole week. The last two days I was there, within 24 to 48 hours, it went from just green and no bait and kind of sloppy, nasty water to extremely turquoise blue and purple just off the bank, bait on the shore, and 30-pound, 25, 30-pound jacks and up to 50-pound roosters sliding through, mullet are splashing, they're, they're chasing the mullet up onto the beach. But the water changed down there so dramatically in a 48 hours, let's say, that period. It was inside that, that the fishing lit up, and maybe that's pushing north. I'm hoping that'll change our water up here. But I, I heard you had a heck of a good trip uh, on a three-day just, just lately here. Oh, yeah, we just got in off a three-and-a-half-day trip, and uh, several of the boats have been monitoring some fish that we've been seeing, a little bit of fish down in the 29 block, the upper 29 block, which is about 180 miles from San Diego. And uh, they, we had uh, a stretch of about four days of good weather there, and we went down there uh, knowing there were some fish caught the, the day before by... Uh, uh, the American Angler and a couple other boats, and, and we went on down there and uh, uh, took a chance. Uh, there's a lot of fish up local here, but it doesn't want to bite very well. So we went on down there to take a chance. We had a three-and-a-half-day trip. We could always come back up. So we went on down there, and we got down there about oh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. We caught a bunch of uh, yellows on kelps and uh, on the way down and 20 Dorado, and the yellows were all nice fish. They're all 18 to the 40-pound fish. They were nice close. They weren't the, the, the little ones that we've been catching lately. Uh, they were nice yellows, you know. So we had a pretty nice day on the way down there. We got there about 1 o'clock. We're looking around, looking around. I look out my port window. I went, oh, my God, look at the size of that breezer. It was so big, I couldn't believe it. So I went ahead, we slid into that thing, and it was, oh, my gosh, it was Katie Bar to the door. It was all 14 to 20-pound fish. <laughs> and uh, it, it was really spectacular school. I mean, it, it was a monster school. And uh, I called Mike Lackey in on the Vagabond. He was down there with us. He was just coming up from Cedrus and um, finishing up a five-day trip. And, I mean, he didn't even get within 200 yards of me and just shut the boat down, and he got what he wanted. <laughs> and then he, he took off after the West to see if he could find some bluefin out in U.S. waters uh, the, the last day of his trip. And we spent the night there, and we looked around, and, and we really didn't see much in the morning. You know, we had a few jig strikes here and there and stuff like that. And uh, the Independence was there. The uh, uh, oh, who, else, who else was there? The Independence and somebody else. And they saw a couple little spots there. They got like 80 fish out of it, but it wasn't a whole lot, you know. And 
come the afternoon again, the, the spot showed up, and it was just unbelievable. We left them biting at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and said, oh, no, we got we got limits for the trip. You know, we're done with these, and we went on out up the line knowing that the wind was going to pick up. But the schools down there are just massive. I mean, it's pretty much one-stop shopping. If you find the school, it's, it's uh, you're pretty much done. Wow. Now, did uh, you know... I know we're talking about what happened on the Top Gun 80, but did you hear anything from Mike? With did going offshore a little bit? Did he have any success out there? No, you know we got a lot of generic water from 160 miles all the way up to almost uh, the 32 line, which is uh, above the Coronado Islands or uh, just below the Coronado Islands. The water is all 67 and a half in generic. There's no breaks. Uh, he went out to the west, uh, outside by the Bell Bank, and out there it is 66 and a half to 67 degree water. Wow. And just, they just didn't see anything. All the bluefin and stuff you're hearing about is all up the coast. It's all from the 302 west, uh, or actually northwest, I would say, because it's all in along the beach. All the warm water is in on the beach. Uh, the butterfly, he went across the butterfly, the mushroom, and it's all generic water, 67 and a half, 66 and a half. It's blue, and there's some bait in it, but there's not any bird life or any fish at all in it. So when it comes to our uh, offshore bite, what do you think's happening with the bluefin? Are, are they staying here? Or are they moving more to the west? Or are they slowly migrating further north? Well, you know, I think there's a lot of fish up north yet, and there's a lot of yellowfin and bluefin around local, like the 302, the 43, the 181, the 209. It's all up in on the beach off of Catalina. There's a lot of fish. And, I mean, there's some fish. Uh, the half-day boat are catching bluefin and yellowfin on the anchor off La Jolla. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm serious. Uh, the new Seaforth, I think, yesterday had three bluefin and seven yellowfin. He's on the anchor in 23 fathoms off off La Jolla. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's how close in the fish are. But, that, I mean, that's how good the water is along our coast. It's it's really phenomenal water that we have. It's all 68.5 to 72-degree water, purple, and there seems to be a lot of bait in it. Uh, you don't see a lot of bait in that uh, that generic water on the way down. And now, that could change. I know four years ago we were fishing albacore, and we were fishing 64, 65-degree water for 30 days in a row, and we went in, turned around that night, and went back out. And for 100 square miles, the water was 71 to 73 degrees. Just that quick. Where would this come from? No one's seen it. You know, and that's how fast it can change. And upwelling, we don't know. If, we know the amount of yellowfin we see up here local, like on our local banks, the Nine Mile Bank, the 302, the 43, the 181 off of Catalina. It's absolutely amazing the amount of yellowfin we see and where to come from. Now, there's got to be traveling through that 67-degree water. Now, is there a thermocline down there that we can't see that we don't know about? 
I mean, it could change overnight. We don't know. But that the, the schools that we saw down below there uh, last week, well, uh, three days ago, the, the, they're massive schools. And there wasn't a whole lot of jig strikes. I mean, the fish were schooled up in big schools like they're moving or migrating or, or, or what they're doing. I'm not sure. But, I mean, they were schooled up in absolutely humongous schools. Wow. You know, uh, Bobby, uh, we, we've heard from a, a couple of guys tonight that it, it seems like this migration of the red uh, tuna crab seems to be dying out a little bit. It, it wasn't that long ago when we had, you know, Captain Chuck on that was telling us of just the miles and miles and miles and miles of solid tuna crabs that he was monitoring. Uh, are you seeing that is, are those crabs slowly dying out or are they still there and, and just a lot spottier or what? I'm not, you know, we don't see them in the last week or two. We have not seen as much tuna crab. I don't know if they're following a certain current or what it is, but we don't see as near as much uh, tuna crab in the last two weeks, but we are starting to see a lot of fin bait, and the fish are chasing the fin bait, which is actually good. They're chasing the sour fish, which we haven't seen sour fish in years around here. No uh, uh Yeah, up off outside the 302, we spent our last day up above here, and uh, there were spot after spot after. I mean, you could see 10 to 20 spots of fish up, and, and they were small spots of fish, but they were all chasing sourfish, huh. and uh, which we haven't seen that in quite a while. So uh, I don't know if things are changing with this moon and what's going to happen after this moon here. But right, or I think it, what was it? Yesterday was a full moon, or Friday was one of the two. And uh, things are definitely changing uh, as far as the water goes. I mean, it's good clean water up and down the coast, all the way down into Mexico. Uh, but, I mean, we have to go 170 miles to hit that 68.5 to 69-degree water. So, you know, and that could change overnight. Like Stan said, he goes, that water down at the Cape rolled in one day. Yeah. And uh, we've seen that happen here, but we're not seeing it yet. But you do get scattered jig strikes in, in that 160 miles of water. You will get from one to five jig strikes a day on yellowfin. And you don't see anything. You're going, where in the hell did they come from? You know, so obviously so the fish are traveling through that water. So, it, you know, there could be warm water down deep. We're not sure. Now, uh, how th- how things doing at the bait barge? Uh, uh, is You know, I know the Everingham brothers just bust their butts off to keep you guys supplied with the best bait possible. Uh We've heard that there seems to be a mix of really small, really large bait, uh, or is that uh, that supply fluctuating too? Well, that fluctuates with the moon and the tides and everything else. But uh, so far, they've been doing a hell of a good job. Uh, I mean, they've had some problems. They had one boat rip a net, which takes a couple days to mend. When you drip a, rip a hundred fathom section of net, it oh. takes uh, two or three days to, to sew that back up. And they had another one that. Uh, on it, and then they had one boat in the yard last week, so there was three out of the five boats were down, And uh, but the catch-a-lot came down from Dana Point and uh, brought in some bait. They got, uh, I believe it's the Epco back up and running, and uh, so far the bait has been okay. 
Um, some of the bait is big, some of the sardine. I think we've seen that up and down the coast. Uh, San Pedro, I've heard it's got big sardine. Uh, Dana Point also. But uh, we are starting to see uh, uh, medium-sized sardines now, you know, four to six-inch, seven-inch sardine, and uh, probably 50% anchovy in with it, which is just fine for the type of fishing we're doing. And uh, the anchovy is excellent. I mean, it's all, most of it is four to six-inch anchovy. I know yesterday, I believe, it was small anchovy. But uh, on the most part, it's pretty good anchovy, and uh, there's plenty of dean in the bait to fish with, you know, to put on the hook so you can chum the anchovies and put the sardines on the hook, and it seems to be working out pretty well. So if a guy's going to go fishing, Bobby, what do you think for hooks? Should he bring something like ones for the, or, or fours, or, you know, for the, for the uh, anchovies, and then, you know, the 102030 for what's the, what's the guy supposed to bring nowadays? Well, yeah, I think if I was going to go fishing, I'd definitely have a box of twos on me, you know, for the anchovies, because these fish do want the anchovies. And, and I know it's been a lot of years since we've had to fish with anchovies, but you sit there and you start coming that stuff and you get into a stop for a while and the fish build up underneath the boat and you want, man, they're boiling everywhere. Why can't we get this? And the first guy comes out there and throws it in, puts a number two hook on with 25 pound and flips it out there and he'll get bit immediately. These fish are bite the anchovies. It's just been a lot of years since we actually had to fish with them. Hey, we're speaking with Captain Bobby Taft, Top Gun 80 out of H&M Landing. Bobby, uh, still have a few more questions we need to shoot across your bow. Can you stay with us for a little bit longer? Yeah, no problem. All right. Stan Vandenberg's here tonight. I'm your host. Hop along, John Cassidy. We're talking with Captain Bobby Taft from the Top Gun 80. Hey, stay tuned. More Rod Real Radio to come after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 
deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity. We have twin six-ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy Line, Spro Products, Gamakatsu Hooks, G. Loomis Fishing Rods, Shimano Products, Ovid Reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of western plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. And welcome back to Rod and Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with me tonight. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. And as I said earlier, you know, we were going through some of the fish counts, and we were going down each one of the boats, and then we, we come to the Top Gun 80, three-and-a-half-day trip. 20 fishermen aboard, 150 yellowtail, 300 yellowfin tuna, and 21 dorados. So we have with us owner-operator of the Top Gun 80, Captain Bobby Tapp. Bobby, again, uh, boy, just some great numbers considering uh, what we're seeing from some of the other boats. Congratulations on on going out and finding them. Well, it wasn't just me finding them. There was uh, several boats that had been monitoring this fish down below there. Just decided to bite on this moon here. But, uh, yeah, it's it's actually been a pretty tough start to our year here uh, with Mexico closing bluefin. Uh, and, and early in the year in March and April, in the first part of May, when the fish were right there and wanted to bite, uh, that didn't help matters, but then the fish moved up the line here, and it's it's pretty tough fishing. It's not that we don't see any fish. There's a, a huge volume of fish in U.S. waters, both bluefin and yellowfin. Uh, the fish is still here. It just doesn't want to play. There's so much feed, like you said, the red crabs, and now we're starting to see the fin bait and everything. Uh, there's been some decent counts on the bluefin and stuff. Uh, on the 43, the fish have been, uh, we've seen some massive schools there. And it just uh, it just doesn't want to get with the program yet. Uh, that fish we found down below there, uh, I mean, there's some great volume of fish down below there, 180 miles. But uh, you don't see anything on it. I mean, you don't, all there is is water temp. There's no birds. There's no bait. Oh, and you're not sure why it's there. I mean, you could travel through that area and and not catch a fish, and the next boat come back the next day or 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 an hour later and, and fill the boat. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to this other than the water camp, but there's no birds or bait on this fish. So huh. I think that fish is going to be moving up the line here. I really do. 
You know, Bobby, some of the pictures I see of private boaters that are fishing out here getting uh, bluefin, they seem to be getting some fish on the iron. And I, I don't remember uh, a season here that we've had fish really starting to bite the iron, especially bluefin, the way they are. Uh, how about uh, your experience with that? Well, yeah, you know, we've been catching quite a few fish on the, they call them the flat iron, I guess is what they call them, and uh, the the tuna have been biting them. Uh, it's kind of a, a new deal, I guess. You know, it, uh, you go into the, the breezers or the, or in the sonar marks and stuff, and you start throwing those things, and it's amazing how many fish we are really catching on those compared to bait. It, it's pretty amazing. Any colors, Bobby? What's that? Any color differences on those flat baits? No, they got several different colors, and I, and I don't know if it's the color so much is the action of it, and it's sinking so fast, you know, and the way it butterflies down. It, it, it's like a butterfly jig, but it's 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 shorter and fatter, you know. Yeah. And, yep. I don't know if you. Well, go have on, you Bobby. Stand. No, go on, Bobby. Oh, okay. Have you fished with them yet, Stan? No. You know, we fish the mega baits and all the rest of those things, That anything that's flat uh, for the last several years here that, that work, you know, and then uh, that's the Shimano bait is these new flat ones that came out. These flat falls, yes. Yeah, and uh, it's been good. It's been a great bait. Yeah, so far it really does seem to work, and... Uh, I know guys who have come out of stops and said, yeah, well, we got 20 fish out of it, 18 of them are on flat baits, you know, and I went, whoa, yeah. damn, yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing that uh, they do, but, I mean, look how many fish you meter from, yeah. you know, 150 to, to 100 foot that you never see. They never come up and boil. Those are the ones that you're getting, and... Right. uh I don't know if it's because it, it sinks so fast and the way it flutters or what, but it really seems to be working well. You know, Bobby, <laughs> uh, just trying to find on a traditional color drig, it's almost impossible to find a scrambled egg, a mint, and to a certain point, blue and white in stock because they just seem to be biting that iron really well. Hey, Bobby, on a live bait question, you know, you were talking about that occasionally you were getting some really large sardines if if a fisherman has let's say as many fish as he thinks he needs and he wants to play around it it does it behoove him maybe to try and put on one of those gigantic sardines and does he stand any possibility of getting bit or is that sort of like a lost cause oh no 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 those tuna eat those sardines just fine the reason we don't like the big sardines Number one, they won't, will not live in your bait tank worth a damn. The two days max on those big sardines. They just, for some reason, they do not live in a bait tank very well. And, and number two is volume of bait. You know how much bait we go through when we go out there. And if you got, say you hold 300 or 400 scoops of bait. When you when we're talking a scoop of bait, we're usually talking thirty to fifty baits per scoop. On those big sardines, you're only getting maybe ten sardines per scoop, and so you don't have the volume of bait. I mean, it's taking up all your room in your tank, but you don't have the real volume of bait that you need to fish with. 
and it really uh, throws a damper, and they get weak real easy. They get uh, the gunge is what we call it, and the red stuff on them. And they, unless they've been cured out for quite a while, it's it's not really what we're looking for in, the, in bait. I'd rather take anchovies than take take that big bean. You know, Bobby, I'm looking at your schedule for the Top Gun 80 for the uh, rest of the month, and you know, good luck if you want to fish with you. I can see that till the end of July, you've got like one spot available. So you know, congratulations on that. But if you are going out on a two-and-a-half, three-and-a-half-day trip on, on the Top Gun 80 or any of one of the boats right now, how should you prepare with regards to your tackle? What what should you bring? I mean, is there any anticipation of getting into some of these, uh, you know, 50-, 60-pound fish like you've been getting into? Or are we going back and saying, you know, 25-pound rigs, 30-pound rigs are, are really, you know, what you're going to be needing? Well, I, I would definitely bring a 25-pound rig. But I'd also bring a 40 or a 50 pound rig. It, uh, you, there is some big fish out there. Most of the big fish, the big tuna that we are seeing now, the big bluefin, are all in on the beach. They're all in five to seven miles from the beach. And it's a 72 degree water, purple, and, and they're seeing 100 pound fish on the 50 fathom curve off La Jolla right now. Wow. Every day seeing them. I mean, the the big fish are in on the beach, feeding on the bait that's in on the beach. Uh, the fish that we're catching out on the 43 and stuff, they're all 20 to 40 pound fish with some 50s in there. And but we're starting to see more and more yellowfin show up, and uh, which is I don't know if you've heard a couple of weeks ago how many schools of yellowfin were seen off the east end of Catalina. I mean, it was uh, massive schools. There were the saners were on it and everything else. Just, in fact, the schools were so big off of Catalina, they had to wait until they split up before they could set them. That's wow. a massive. And that was pretty good-sized fish, wasn't it, Bob? Yeah, yeah. It's, that was all 30 to 40-pound fish. That yellow yeah. Fin. It's all 30 to 40-pound fish up here. The stuff that we caught down below, I would say average 18 pounds. Which is a, it's not the you know those five to seven pounders. These, these were nice fish. They were fourteen to eighteen, twenty pounds. Some twenty-five pound fish. We did catch some of those little footballs in in with it, but they were on the most part, I'd say, average eighteen pounds for the the three hundred fish that we caught. Well, Bobby, this this tremendous biomass of uh, these pelagic fish that we're seeing. Uh, any thoughts uh, of why they're here? Is it cyclical? Is it because we're just seeing a lot more bait in the water and, and they're following the bait? Is it the lack of saning that, that we're seeing south and to a certain extent up north here or, or a combination of everything? Uh, what's your feeling? Well, you know, at the end of last year, all through September and October, we were fishing up off San Clemente Island, the lee of the island, out of Cortez, uh, the fall fishing at Cortez was absolutely phenomenal, and it was mixed bluefin, yellowfin. That stuff never left. Yeah. That 30-pound fish, that 25- to 30-pound fish we were catching last year are now 40-pound fish, 50-pound fish, and I don't think that fish ever left. I mean, the bluefin tuna, they never left. As far as they went down was, I think, I would have to say, 
maybe a hundred miles south of San Diego, where it's usually the 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 pen boats and everything. They start fishing outside Benitas and follow them on up. That didn't happen this year. The the, the pen boats and the and the sailors in Mexico were start. They started fishing May first. They were done by the end of May, and they all were within. 40 miles of San Diego. They never wow. had to go anywhere. The fish wasn't down below. There was no fish down below. And there has not been any fish caught down below. Uh, uh, from calling that down, there has not been a bluefin caught down there this year. Now, all the okay. fish are up north. So you're saying, you know, and in the local Mexican waters, which I think goes out 12 miles uh, that they... Uh, they see from any landmass, uh, we cannot take any bluefin. But are you finding, though, that as an incidental catch in these fish that you're seeing here, occasionally a bluefin shows up, or is it completely yellowfin right now? It's, it's pretty much there is some bluefin in Mexico right on the border. Down below there, it's straight yellowfin. There is no, and, and what we're seeing now, if you look at the counts, it's it's ninety percent uh, yellowfin now. We don't see that much bluefin. You know the bluefin are, we see it. It don't bite, but it's it's up in closer to the beach. It's like on the nine mile bank, uh, the one eighty one. You know those banks in close to the beach. That's where that's where those uh, bluefin are right now. The yellowfin are outside of it, and uh, we're, we're seeing some hell of uh, hellish volumes. I mean, you can't believe some of the size of the schools, but if it decides to bite, oh boy, hang on. <laughs> well, I hope I hope it starts around the seventeenth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I got a two and a half day with Bobby on the seventeenth. My guys are chomping at the bit. <laughs> Everybody's going, "What do we bring for gear?" I go, "I don't know. I get some like you know small hooks for anchovies and big hooks for sardines." And light line for small fish and big line for big fish. I have no idea, man. This is just a crazy year. Yeah, well, I'll say one thing about your trip, Stan. We never short on equipment. Well, that's one thing. Well, you know, I bring extra for the guys anyhow. But but well, the, the group of guys that we fish with are pretty. I got a pretty well honed group, but we got some newbies that are coming with us now. So oh, I know. We got 250 rod holders on the boat, and we don't have room for all the rods. So, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and that's 20 guys. Right. It's 25 guys, but we have a good group of guys, and they know. They'll put them upstairs, and they, they behave. Right. <laughs> hey, Bobby, I'm looking at your schedule, and as I mentioned before, through the month of July, I see you've got one opening, and I'm kind of doubting about that. It's a three-and-a-half-day trip, but I, I couldn't see what was happening in, in August and beyond. If uh, people want to find out what your schedule is, uh, book to go on with you if they can. How's the best way to go about doing this? Uh, the best way is to go to H&M's website and just click on Top Gun 80 Sport Fishing, and uh, it'll come up, or a full schedule will come up there. I'm pretty sure we're we're already sold out for all of July and all of August. But, oh my uh, gosh! Great. Uh, the, those are gone in uh, September. Uh, we do have some openings and a uh, few openings in September, but July and August is pretty much taken care of. Uh, uh, 
we've got people that fish with us consistently for the last 10 years, and uh, those dates go quick. Yes, we do. I know I got my dates in September already nailed down, too. We're we're coming back. Right, exactly. (laughs) Bobby, if you have to be a prognosticator, uh, you think that uh, this is going to be a bite that's going to go well into the fall again? Oh, I think we'll be fishing right into December, probably, it looks like. The only thing that might get us is weather. I think we're going to get a, have a wet uh, winter this winter. But, uh, yeah, I, I hope so. This, this fish is uh, going to be here for a while. It's, it's, it's going to be pretty amazing here. And uh, you better get some wire rigged up here from what I see. There's going to be some <laughs> wahoo. Five-day <laughs> <laughs> wahoo, buddy. I can't wait. That is yeah. the voice of experience, Captain Bobby Taft from the Top Gun 80 out of H&M Landing. And, Bobby, thanks a lot for being with us. I know it was a, a big holiday for you. you. You know, great last trip, and let's hope all of July, even if you're going out with Stan Vandenberg, is uh, just extremely successful. All right. Well, thank you for having me on the radio show. All right. Bobby, I'll be in touch, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. The owner-operator of Top Gun 80 out of H&M Landing. Hey, Stan and I, we got to take a break right now, but coming up next, Wayne Kotow from the Make-A-Wish Foundation is going to tell us about their tuna tournament coming on up here in August. Stay tuned. Still more Rod Real Radio to come. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring the hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call one 800 227 7262 or just spell bass boat 1-800-BASS-BOAT I know there's too many letters but the T is free and the call's on me that's 1-800-BASS-BOAT the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance for more information log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.COM my angler aged to earth like the mighty flounder I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate talk like a pirate day. Aye! I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. 
It's tuna time, and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet. The 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 is the open party boat at H&M Landing in San Diego and has a really comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs, soda fountain, ice maker, and satellite phone. The huge new bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure 2 online at hmlanding.com or call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144. And Stan and I, we do want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. Thank you for listening for, to us on this 4th of July weekend. Hey, you know, is there a better time at all, Stan, to have a tuna tournament than this summer? And I can't. I can't think of any time this could be better with with fish. I mean, I know guys that have hooked the the hundred. Well, my my fishing partner Mike Rujo runs a couple of different yachts, and he's had fish up 120, 160 pounds and hooked fish that he couldn't land. Uh, so you know, with 11 miles offshore, where when you're hanging big fish, and uh, and the yellowtail are up here instead of at seed roads, <laughs> I don't know. This is a great time when all these big fish are up here. They might be a little picky, but if you get one, it could be a big one. Well, you know, since 1990, there's been a tournament here called the Tuna Challenge, and it has not always been dedicated to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. It was later on in its inception, and since then, the Make-A-Wish Foundation has received just the generosity of the tuna fishermen here in San Diego the Make-A-Wish Foundation and the Tuna Challenge, they're having their event coming up here at the end of August. And so we have one of the representatives from the Tuna Challenge to be with us, Mr. Wayne Kotow. Wayne, welcome to Rod and Real Radio. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, uh, you think it's going to be tough getting people to uh, sign up this year and saying, hey, you know, you got a good chance of going out and catching a, a tuna this year? Wow, this year I can't imagine if anybody not being in the tournament because, you know, we have the small boat and the large boat division, and it's anybody's game right now because all the big fish are in close, like Bob was saying. Well, you know, uh, uh, we know that we're talking about Tuna Challenge coming up at the end of August, but let's talk about some of the dates because there's one date that is here in July that is really beneficial for the fishermen to hit if they want to get into this event and and tell us about, you know, the scheduling for this event and some of the dates we should be looking forward to, Wayne. Well, the first date that's really important is the early bird registration deadline. It comes up at the end of this month, July 31st. That uh, gives you your entry at $90 and the junior's entry at $30 after the, after the end of the month. Then it goes up to 105 and 40 So it absolutely you want to get in on the, the early bird deadline. And the tournament dates are August 28th through the 30th. Uh, so the captain's meeting is on the Friday. We fish all day Saturday, and we then have the banquet on Sunday, the 30th. Well, let, let's talk about a couple of the aspects of the Tuna Challenge. And first of all, where the proceeds that go to Make-A-Wish, just exactly where they go, what do they do? And we're not talking about some pocket change that has been raised by the Tuna Challenge for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. We are talking about some serious donation here. Yeah, we've been very fortunate that we get the support of the whole fishing community, you know, and they come out and help us out. 
we raise anywhere from 180 to 350 thousand dollars a year throughout for this tournament, and all these proceeds go to the San Diego chapter of the Make a Wish Foundation to fill wishes. Uh, and we've been very, very fortunate that way. Well, it's it really it, what is great is because it, the the money does stay locally, as you say, to the local foundation. But tell us about the wishes, because some people think that the Make a Wish Foundation are uh, are for children that are really in jeopardy of of losing their life. But it isn't it isn't quite like that. But it it does go to the children that are in some type of crisis. Yeah, the 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 way it's uh, uh, put out to the public, it's uh, children with life-threatening illnesses. Uh, so it's not terminal, it's life-threatening. And then the doctors uh, put them in for a wish, um, and then the Make-A-Wish Foundation then goes and tries to fill those wishes as, as we can. Um, it, it's, it's a great thing. It, it's anything at this point. And what people don't always realize, it's not just about the, the children, it's about the family unit as a whole. What we find is, you know, as the family is going through this uh, problem with the children, the whole family unit at sometimes can break down. By doing these wishes, it can bring the family unit back together, and they can rally behind the child, and it, it motivates everybody. And, and that's the, the great part. It's amazing how many times we hear the stories that the wish was what turned the corner of rejuvenating the child or the family, and then they got so motivated um, that they they somehow came out of it, you know, and they live a life, you know, no problem later. You know, uh, it, we just we just went out and saw a wish child. In fact, uh, Mike Smith, the, the chairman of the Tuna Challenge this year, and myself got asked to go see a young child right here in the uh, Rancho Panasquitas area, and uh, he has one of the uh, wishes to be filled, and he wants to be a fisherman. So the, the Make-A-Wish Foundation granted his wish to go up and fish uh, halibut up in Alaska. So we got asked to go in there and talk to him, and we took him, you know, fishing tackle, suited him up, and, and he just lit up. Uh, he had been so depressed. He, he was being uh, uh, very tired and, and worn out from all of the treatment, and it just completely rejuvenated him. You should have seen his face. It was amazing. All he wanted to do was sit there and talk fishing. And I, you know, no problem with us. We had, we sat there all afternoon with him. <laughs> you know, so you it, know it's, it's really amazing. It is it is amazing not only how involved, but the expense involved with all these wishes, and that's why, you know, since 1984, the Tuna Challenge has raised over 2.9 million dollars to grant the you know the children and the families their wishes. And you know, as as you said, it isn't inexpensive because. If you're sending, let's say, someone that wants to has a wish that they want fulfilled, and it's up in Alaska, you're just not sending some uh, uh, one of the kids up there. You're sending the family and the guardians, and maybe even some of the brothers and sisters to to go up there and to share that experience. Absolutely. Yeah, and and now and with you people on the other end that uh, that are with the Tuna Challenge, uh, this is an all volunteer organization and. And you people are are always looking for volunteers. How's the best way to get a hold of the Make a Wish Foundation, Wayne? If you want to volunteer your uh, time and efforts, if you want to volunteer for Tuna Challenge, we have our own committee. Uh, Mike Smith is the chairman, uh, and I can give you his number if you like. 
Um, you can go up to www.tunachallenge.org. That's our website for the Tuna Challenge. Otherwise, you can go to uh, the uh, San Diego chapter of Make-A-Wish, and you can just type that in there, and it'll come up. And then you can go to their site, because there's all different uh, events that they do to, to fundraise it. Ours just happened to be the Tuna Challenge. Now, you know, people might think, okay, well, you know, I've, uh, I've entered this contest, and uh, all the money is going to, uh, to Make-A-Wish, and, and that's a great cause. And uh, when I get there for the award ceremony, I'll probably have some nice plaque waiting for me if I do well. That is not necessarily the case. Uh, uh, for the contestants of the Tuna Challenge, there are also some really great prizes for them. Yeah, for the, uh, for the tournament itself, we try to take care of the anglers. It could be top prize, could be a trip. It could be rod and reel setups. Uh, for the lady anglers, sometimes we give away, you know, gift certificates to Nordstrom's. Um, we have a little bit of everything that we do. We try to spread it out. Um, we also have side pots. I mean, this year, uh, you heard uh, the last couple of captains talk about how thick the yellowtail and now Dorado are showing up. We have a yellowtail and a Dorado side pot. So if anybody wants to get in that, that's, that's a, we're doing exactly the same thing we did last year, uh, $50 per boat buy-in and a $500 payout to the winning team. And uh, you just can't beat that. You know, and like we do, all the money goes to the kids. Um, but we wanted to make sure that we could reward some of our, you know, our anglers. Um, the, the fundraising side of this, you know, is amazing for us. We, we can't do this with all of our, without our sponsors. Sponsors like you guys at Rod and Real Radio helping us out. But, you know, San Diego Mazda, Job Site Supply, they, they come up so big for us. Uh, San Diego Mazda dealers, they're donating the car again. Uh, second year or third year now, uh, two years in a row, it stayed here in San Diego. So they couldn't beat that. Uh, but they're giving away a, a choice of a Mazda three, a Mazda six, or a Mazda CX five up to twenty five thousand for a ten dollar ticket. You know, and only tickets sold for our to our events for the year. You know, max out probably five thousand tickets. You can't get a better odds than that, and still raise money for Make a Wish. Wow. So we've got the early bird entry, and, and people can enter it lo- online for this. Uh, Wayne, where can people go to enter online? It's www.tunachallenge.org, and there's right. an online registration. Okay, and then after that, you'll have the regular registration, and then the next important date after that is going to be the captain's meeting. And tell us a little bit about what happens then. August 28th is the captain's meeting. Every boat has to check in at the captain's meeting. We give a last-minute presentation for the guys at Fish Dope to tell us exactly what's going on out there. You know, they're, they're one of the best for telling us what's going on on the water uh, locally. And then uh, then you get your last-minute instructions. You pick up your bags uh, for your captain and crew, and then you can get released and you can put your boat on the water and go. Wow. And then the actual tournament itself. And, and that's something. This is just a one-day event. And it starts at what? You can start getting your lines wet at, what, 5 in the morning, I think? Yeah, it's like 5 in the morning on Saturday. Uh, normally, we have to, you have to take a picture of something on your boat. The tournament director will tell us who that whether that will be this year. And then it's lines in the water, and then weigh-in can be anywhere from Saturday night or Sunday, first thing Sunday morning either at uh, Dana Landing or the San Diego Marlin Club. Now, this is an event that is basically, at this time, made up for uh, private boaters. I don't think there's any categories for uh, going out on the sports fishers, is there? 
the sport fish boats, no. We used to have that, but it got hard to keep the boats full, uh, and it would always have to be a separate category. There is a separate category for uh, charter boats, though, six-packs. We okay. have a separate category for them. So anybody that wants to get in on a six-pack because it has its own captain, you need better, uh, more facilities and uh, bait holds and stuff like that. So we set that, separate those from the private boat fleet. We have own, own prizes. I know your home base here in San Diego is at Silvergate Yacht Club. And uh, the award ceremony comes up August the 30th. And that's really when you can cash in on some great prizes and donations from your sponsors. Right. I mean, we're at, we're at Silvergate, like you said. And there's a live auction and silent auctions. There's the car raffle, progressive raffle, live entertainment. So it, 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 there's a lot going on there. Well, Wayne, we, uh, you know, on behalf of Ron Real Radio and all of us, thank all the members of the committee for the great work that they do on this event. We look forward to being a big part of this event, too, uh, in 2015. And if we can't be with you on the water, for sure, we'll try to be with you at the awards ceremony. So thanks a lot for taking some of your holiday to be with us. And, Wayne, we look forward to talking to you real soon. No problem. I appreciate it, guys. All right. Hey, Stan, that's it for tonight. Man, uh, back from Campo San Lucas, and you're in the middle of a red-hot tuna bite, and you're going to be going out on the 17th, and, boy, I hope you get a chance to cash in on that great bite that Bobby and uh, the crew uh, did uh, last week. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I bet you Wendy is in the midst of it right now. She's on a... Uh, I think a five to seven day trip. I don't know exactly how many days, but she's going to be right in the middle of that stuff down there. So I expect her to come back with a, a, a outstanding catch on the boat that she's on. I just see this getting better and better and better as we go through the season. And uh, hopefully it continues all the way into next year. What the heck? I know. Well, Stan, glad to see you back safely. Uh, we look forward to speaking with you next week. Thanks a lot for your contribution tonight. And we want to thank everyone for giving up some of their 4th of July weekend to be with us. We also want to thank JR and our AM540 studios. Ben Harvey, who does a lot of the technical work for us here in the San Diego area. And always, in memory of Big Tuna Bill, Big Tuna, thank you very much for leaving us this legacy. So on behalf of Stan, Wendy, and myself, you guys have a great holiday, a good week. We look forward to seeing you on the water. Keep safe. We're out for now.